you have the best seat in the house. Welcome to the front row of the Utah Jazz. I am your host, Holly Rowe. I'm Walker. <laughs> I like what we did I did. Game, right? I did. I liked it a lot, actually. It's pretty clever. Front row. I've, I'm coming up with a new one for you, um, a new segment that we're going to work on after the All-Star break called Walk Around the Block. Oh, that's you like pretty it? good, too. Yeah. Where you take us on a walk through yeah. the best blocks. I like that. Okay, like that, that'll be coming up after the All-Star <laughs> break. Let's get to the All-Star break because there's a couple of things going on. Number one, I know it is an important emotional and physical reset for guys in the NBA. You're only in your mm-hmm. second year. Um, how will you prioritize taking a break and getting your mind right and your body right? Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I'll, I'll be going to Indiana and doing the Rising Stars right after that, going home. And I have a dog at home, so miss him a lot. I haven't seen him in a while. Obviously, my family, too. You know, they're, they're great, too. But, um, you know, excited to see everybody just reset mentally, you know, relax, enjoy some family time, some cool-down time. So I'm looking forward to it. What's your dog's name? Dooley. After... Vince Dooley. Oh my gosh, yeah. I knew Vince Dooley very well. He Did you really? Yes. How about that? He recently that? passed away, but he mm. was a good buddy of mine. That's really cool. That's amazing that you honored him with yeah. your puppy. Oh, yeah. good. Okay, so let's talk Indiana. Before you go and chill and hang with Dooley, Rising Stars game. I know you were participant in the last All-Star game here in Utah, mm-hmm. but in the Skills Challenge, how important is it that you are considered a rising star in the NBA? You know, I think it's a great honor. Um you know, I, I think that a lot of guys that obviously become all-stars start out as, as rising stars. And for me to be recognized that and to be among a bunch of other great players in that, you know, name, especially Keontae, you know, seeing how he's done, I mean, he's done unbelievably and just trying to help him as much as I can, obviously, you know, different position, but just try to help him, you know, with on-court, off-court stuff. Uh, he's done great, so excited to, to you know, do it with him. I think it's neat, too, that you, the, the two kind of rising stars of the Utah Jazz organization, you get to have that experience together. These mm-hmm. are kind of shared experiences as you build this core towards a championship. How how important is that, that you're trying to build this nucleus of young people here? Extremely important. You know, I think that a team with chemistry, obviously, like that's what it takes to win a championship. You know, see all these teams have been playing together for so long and just developing, you know, that kind of chemistry, that kind of work ethic um, together, you know, it's extremely important. You are going to be on a team at the Rising Stars with some interesting guys. <laughs> who are you looking forward to playing with the most and who are you looking forward to playing against the most? Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't really say, I don't know really with anybody, but like obviously playing against Keontae will be kind of kind of fun. We'll see, see how that goes. Um, will you block his shot? I, you know, if he tries, I don't know if he'll try. I think he's smarter than that, but we'll see. <laughs> I love it. You know, it is a good opportunity for you to get your name out there. How do you and your team look at this as a marketing opportunity? And uh, like, you know, you guys are building a brand and building mm-hmm. your identity in this league. Yeah, you know, I think that last uh, Rising Stars, we were fortunate enough to have it in Salt Lake City. So a lot of appearances happened that kind of started, kickstarted a lot of um, marketing and branding and just trying to continue that uh, in Indianapolis and just continue to build the brand. I mean, I think people kind of know I'm a pretty normal guy. It's kind of like my simple stuff, pretty funny, but you know, continuing to, to build that. Uh, speaking of normal guy, I don't think it's that normal to have 
your own bobblehead at, how old are you now, 21? 22. 22 years old. This is not your first bobblehead. This amazing bobblehead, I mean, the bangs and all, it, mm -hmm. it's an amazing bobblehead. It is an exclusive giveaway at the Salt Lake City Stars game on February 26th and March 5th. So if you want a Walker bobblehead, you got to go to the Stars game. What do we think? I guess I got to go to a Stars game. <laughs> all right. Maybe you can give out some of your own bobbleheads. That would actually be... That's actually not a bad idea. Yeah. But what do you think about it? No, it's great. Um, you know, I like I like the purple, like the black. You know, the green eyes, brown dark hair. Apparently, those are called bangs. I didn't. I thought bangs were something different. But uh, yeah, it looks great. You know, great jawline. You know, got the the chin, strong nose. It's great. Looks looks just like me. My only disappointment is that the pose is not you with both hands up in the air. Um, did, did you get any kind of input to what this pose would be? I was not aware there was going to be bobblehead made, so okay. I had no input. So that's a no. Um, I wanted your two-hand block pose what, because just straight up like that. Yes, that'd be a weird-looking bobblehead. And but it would be I, so you distinct. Would, you wouldn't be able to bobble the head because the arms would be in the way. In the way, yeah. All right, we'll save it for another time. <laughs> but but let's get to your. You know, you just continue to amaze, second in the league in blocks right now. Um, how have you really emerged as a legitimate, consistent, this is not last year, one-off, anything, mm -hmm. consistent rim protector in the NBA? You know, I think that my coaching staff does a great job of putting in positions to block shots, and I think that all my teammates do a great job of trusting me and funneling a lot of guys into me. Um, you know, I think without them, I wouldn't be as successful. You know, we were talking with Thurl Bailey, who was a terrific shot blocker in his own right, is now one of our broadcasters, and he's very intrigued by your two-armed block technique. And you don't see a lot of guys do it, but we've talked about it before, but if people haven't heard, how unique is that to you, and how does that allow you to be so successful? Yeah, you know, I think that when you go up with two hands, it allows you to, I mean, if you can do it, it allows you to attack multiple angles to where, you know, regardless of where that guard's going to move the ball, um, you can potentially get a hand on it. And sometimes it's not only about blocking the shot, it's just about being as vertical as possible, making the shot as tough as possible. It really reminds me a lot of a middle blocker at the volleyball net. Yeah, it's very, very How did that. you get that technique? Where did it come from? Not volleyball. <laughs> but, um, you know, <laughs> I, I think just continuing to have discipline and getting in the right position, be early and not, you know, because a lot of guys have a tendency to try to make like a, you know, a showstopper block and swing at the ball, which, you know, if you get it, great. But a lot of times, you know, you're going to foul a guy. So just trying to be okay with not necessarily getting the block, but just deterring any shot. I think it's a real, um, there, there are techniques to blocking shots. There are ways you can get better at blocking shots. I believe with my whole heart, it is an intrinsic, you have it or you don't from a timing standpoint. Mm -hmm. Why do you have it? You know, I, I from a very early age, whenever I was, um, like I, I had a, a guy named Austin Ewing, uh, Robert Lawrence, Arlon Harper that all trained me uh, when I was younger. And it was basically all guards. Um, and they were very crafty with how they finished. And so being able to like read a guy and know when to attack the ball, um, just growing up with that, I really think that helped me a lot. Well, that's interesting. So we talk a lot about your defense and, and you are becoming one of the best rim protectors, I think in the league, not just for a sophomore class mm -hmm. or for young people in the league, but where I'd like to talk is your offense. Because you you had a move in a recent game against Golden State, and I was like, oh, like that switch is on for aggression to the basket. Mm -hmm. Tell me where you've developed the most at this point. Offensively? Yes. I think 
um, continuing, well, first, screening angles. Um, you know, I think that getting guys open shots and getting the basket, making contact with that roller, knowing when to get out, um, and also on handoffs, you know, starting to leave the ball more so I can get out earlier, and then near the basket, trying to be more aggressive, going towards the basket. Um, but a lot of times, you know, obviously you want to try and dunk every ball you can, but a lot of times it's a tough time to dunk it. So I think in the, the Golden State game, you're talking about the one where it kind of slid off. Um, so being able to read angles and, you know, know use, use both hands. You know, one of the things I always appreciated about Rudy Gobert, and I'm not comparing you to him, I'm just saying I thought his screening was the best I had ever seen in the pick and roll of where he could place his body and why he would do it that way. Um, how are you getting better at the angles and the small intricate details that it takes to be an excellent screener? I think it's just a lot of reps and a lot of film. Um, understanding what you did wrong, you know, having your butt to, you know, parallel with the sidelines instead of angling more so you get that guard going downhill. Um, you know, practicing going into that angle multiple times, watching the film, understanding who you're screening for, what they like to do. Would they rather, you know, come off of a shot or go downhill, uh, not letting that guy get below you? You know, there's a lot that, that goes into it. So I, a lot more than I realized before I came into the league. And, and college was just like kind of get in the way and get out. So I feel like we have accomplished the podcast trifecta. Bangs, bobbleheads, and butts have all been mentioned today. <laughs> Is that the trifecta? I, I don't know. It, it, it I just... wasn't aware. <laughs> thinking like wow we've really covered a wide variety of stuff. three b's the three b's um the other thing i want to talk to you about is i know the trade deadline is hard on you guys i remember last year you were devastated and it was really hard for you to see the business of the league what what's different about this year uh i think i knew what was going to happen not who was going to get traded but i was just prepared more of kind of the emotional effect um obviously still very tough um all three of those guys were, were very close to me um but you know i I saw all of them, you know, I mean, Tech had a 20-9 and nine game. Kelly had a great game. You know, Ochai's going to figure it out. So, you know, I'm, I'm super excited for them, and I wish them the best of luck. With that change kind of opens up some new opportunities for you, and I know that's the hard part of the business, but you've got to walk through that door when it opens for you. How are you kind of mentally looking at, you know, we've heard Justin Zanuck say, we're going to play the young guys. Mm -hmm. We're going to develop the young guys. Mm -hmm. That's you. So how are you looking at – kind of this door that's opening for you this part of the season? I think for me it's continuing to play hard, play aggressive, and to be okay with failing and messing up. Um, you know, when you're trying to expand your game, you have to understand and be patient with the process. And I struggle with that. Um, you know, I'm a perfectionist, and I don't give myself a lot of grace, but I'm continuing to work on it. And I think that I've gotten a lot better at, you know, being okay messing up because mess up on one end, you know, being a defender, you can always get it back on the other end. Yeah, I remember um, an earlier part of the season where you were kind of struggling, mm. and coach just said, just run hard, just play hard. And you, that game, you were sprinting like I've never seen you. Like, good things happen when you run the no floor, question. right? No question. Um, you know, I think that my dad from an early age always told me, you know, you can't control a shot's going, but you can always control your effort. And I think that when you run hard, play hard, be physical, just try to, you know, go all out that a lot of things you know naturally happen 
you've had a plan since you were 12 years old. You got a personal trainer. There's been a plan. Mm -hmm. You plan every single day. Every game day is the same. Mm -hmm. I did watch an episode of Bob's Burgers on your behalf Ugh. because you watch it before every What'd game. What'd you think? It's cute. It's oh, very thanks. cute. I don't know if it would motivate me in basketball, but right. if it allows you to take it, your mind it, off the game. Does it wind you down, though? Does it make you laugh a little bit? It did. Really, you know, some family values in the show. I loved it. Yeah. yeah I. <laughs> I mean, I'm a fan now. Thank you for introducing <laughs> me to that. But, you know, I, you have this great side of you of planning, organization. You've said perfectionism. Mm -hmm. What is the plan? Like, where are you at in your plan for the NBA? Like, are you like, oh, I'm on track. I feel like I'm doing well. How, how do you see where you're at? You know, contrary to the planning and stuff, I think that for me, the most important thing is to just take it day by day and not really so look at like the timeline of like where I'm at right now, where I want to be. It's just about getting lost in the process and getting lost in the work and the routine in the daily day, not, you know, the, the long term. Um, and I think that when I do that, you know, success tends to follow. I know you're an Auburn fan, so forgive this reference, but one of the oh. greatest people I've ever been around at consistently every day, Nick Saban. Uh. You hate that, I know, but the process is a real thing because I think it's hard to be consistent yeah. every day. Yeah. No, you know, I, I respect Nick Saban, I do. Uh, you know, I hope he has a fun time in retirement. Um. But why I'm bringing it up more so than him is just like, people have hard times being consistent every single day at something and being like, the only thing I can worry about, like I'm gonna put blinders on. Right. The only thing I can worry about is what am I improving in my body today, my performance today, my practice habits today. Is that where you're trying to live more? Is that what no you're question. saying? No question, yeah, because I think that when you tend to look at the future, you can sometimes get overwhelmed by everything going on, but instead of just focusing on what you can control, what you do, you know, daily, um, you just kind of stay locked into that, and the results kind of speak for themselves. Okay, and then the part of, I, we've talked about this, you and I, before, about the perfectionism. Mm -hmm. I covered a softball team, or a baseball team once, the College World Series, and they had a sports psychologist named Ken Riviza, and he had this philosophy called Flush It, and they literally had these little tiny toilets in the dugout. Oh. So can we just work on flushing it? Like, yeah, any, no in the game, will you, like, literally, like, yeah. what, no, what's do. a flushing sound? You know, I, I think, for me, um, it's just a clap of the hands and then just take off you know, kind of just sprint as fast as you can. Um, and I think that I've improved, you know, a lot over, even over the years. Are you, is that really like a mental cue for you yes. too? Like, get rid of this. No. Get on. That's probably I sounds go. better than flushing it, right? Probably. I can't go <laughs> take off running. People would think I'm probably a little weird. <laughs> I love that. Okay. So your role is changing on the team right now. Mm -hmm. Um, you were in the starting lineup to start the season, mm -hmm. kind of back in the starting lineup for now. I know Coach is so big on what's best for the team, mm -hmm. but that's still got to feel good for you, I would imagine. How are you approaching this kind of new lineup and opportunity? You know, I think that everything happens in its own time. Um, you know, I think that everything, there's a plan for everything. And, you know, obviously, you know, being being a starter feels nice, but, but more than that, you know, that's where Coach thinks that I need to be in order for the team to be more successful, then, you know, I welcome it. I have noticed some aggressiveness early in games. Like, do you, is it a different mindset at all? Or how do you approach, you know, you don't have time to sit on the bench and see right. how the game's developing. Right. How's the different mindset? Yeah, you know, you, you have to, I, I would say for me personally, you know, when you start, you 
you have to go and you can kind of sometimes catch guys off guard because a lot of guys kind of ease into it, um, especially, you know, I haven't had a, a postseason experience yet, but in the, in the regular season they kind of just like just kind of wind into it. So if you hit the ground running, you know, you can get a couple easy plays um, in the beginning. But if you come off the bench, you know, you're you're kind of coming in and the, the track's already running, so you got to just – you know, like in the beginning, the treadmill's kind of winding up, but if you think if you come off the bench, like it's already going. Oh, so that's gotta, a great analogy. Just thought of it. Good job. Thanks. Pretty I, I have fallen off a treadmill before. Have you ever? I have. Yeah. <laughs> great so athlete. The wind up's here. good for us. Yeah. Okay. Before I let you get out of here, I wanted to promote something really cool that you're doing. Um, you have been a young person in basketball. You know what it's like to be young and care about this and want to get better. How are you giving back to the community with your basketball camp that's coming up on yeah, February 24th? Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, you know, I love, you know, being around kids with basketball and just trying to have a fun environment, trying to, you know, teach the kids as much as they can. But more than that, you know, I think as a young kid, you know, as me personally, you know, seeing a, an NBA player, you know, around and like just being, you know, joyful um, and being around and like being involved uh, just makes you love the game more. Um, and that's kind of my goal, and I just want to, you know, inspire kids to to keep keep playing basketball because it's brought me a lot of joy um, and a lot of opportunities. That's beautiful. How can people sign up for that? Yeah, so I have a link on my Instagram bio. Um, they can go look at, sign up. Uh, spots are pretty full right now, actually. Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, that's good uh, though, right? Uh, yeah. A lot of I'll demand. Have to check up on how many spots we have left. Okay. Um, but very excited for it. Oh, well, congratulations. And thank, thank you for you, doing that. You. I think kids in this community will just love that. Oh, and you'll be it. so amazing. Okay, last question before I let you get out of here. Um, you are going to the Rising Stars. Do you have some good outfits planned? I feel <laughs> like your outfits are probably like a like a 7.3 right now out of 10. 7.3? That's generous, Holly. I, I, I was being like generous. <laughs> I know, I just wear I was sweats. being very generous. Uh, I'm I'm more about comfort than than fashion. Um, I think for me, I, like I'll get excited about fashion, and then like I'll go to, like in a store, look at the price tag, try it on, doesn't fit, it's overpriced. I'm just gonna wear sweats. So that's how I feel. Okay, we'll work on the the stylist part. Maybe. Um, you didn't even comment. I did wear my Rising Stars jacket. Today. Oh, is that see? what it is? Okay, a little constellation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know this is a podcast, so not Very everybody cool. can hear or see it. No, it's so cool, though. This Very is in your cool. honor, Rising Stars. Okay. okay, go out there and kill it. Oh, I lied. Last question. Last question. Last year, the All-Star Game got a lot of criticism for not being competitive. Mm -hmm. How competitive is, is the, the Rising, Rising Stars, Stars game going to be? Like, what is our commitment to being competitive? Uh... Do you want the podcast answer or the honest I answer? I want the real answer. Break some news. I'm going to try to be as competitive as possible. There you go. Can we set a goal for two blocks? Sure. We'll okay. set a goal for two blocks. Two well, blocks. Great. Have a wonderful all-star experience. Represent so the jazz well. Have a blast. I'm excited. And um, give Dooley a big love for all of us. You don't got to worry about that. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much. Walker Kessler. And Walker, Mark Jr. <laughs>